0: The singing of the doxology by the PCC student body begins Pensacola Christian College Chapel. At each chapel service, students have an opportunity to receive spiritual exhortation and enrichment during a time of music and meditation on God's Word. This podcast shares selected recent chapel messages from guest speakers, faculty, and staff. Welcome to the PCC Chapel Podcast.
1: You have your Bibles, open them up to the book of Joshua, and we're going to be in Joshua chapter 1. One of my favorite passages of scripture this morning and for those of you who were taking notes yesterday the last point merges into what we're going to be speaking of today we talked yesterday about the importance of us being people that serve or people that are uh, giving our lives to jesus christ and in that service we're students of the word of god we're learning how to do the things the fourth point is the point of shepherding and in that fourth point the idea is this that God desires to use your life to be a model of how others should live. In Matthew chapter five and verse 13, the scripture tells us this, that ye are the salt of the earth. If the salt hath lost its savor, it is therefore good for nothing, but is be cast out and trodden under the foot of man. God desires for your life and my life to make an impact. And with our lives, if we're not careful, we can allow us just to follow in the status quo of the everyday routine. And there are people that live their lives and go for decades without intentionally or using purpose to accomplish the work of God in their life. And I just want to challenge you that you don't live your life that way. That you live your life in such a manner that others can look at and say... Oh, that's what a Christian's supposed to be. If you're an engineering student and five years from now or three years from now, whenever you graduate, you have an engineering job, you can reflect Jesus Christ as an engineer. You see, being a leader for Jesus Christ is not something that is just regulated ...to Bible majors and those who are in a ministerial class. I believe that there are nurses in this room... ...who will make a profound effect for Jesus Christ... ...as they serve their Lord with gladness. And I can tell you, I can share testimony... ...of people that have come to know Christ as their Savior... ...because of a nurse who shines for Jesus Christ. God wants to use you as a leader. He wants to use me as a leader. And so yesterday, when we talked about learning to love... The final point brings us to a place of understanding how we can learn to lead. I gave you a few things about how we can share the gospel with Jesus, of Jesus Christ with others. Next month, whenever we have Bible conference here, I will go through about a 40-minute presentation to share with you how I lead somebody to Christ. I encourage you to come to that. There will be several different modulars that we'll be having that day. But I believe that God wants you to impact your generation for the cause of Jesus Christ. It's evident to me from Joshua chapter 1 and verse number 8. If you're there, would you look at verse number 1 with me? The Bible says this. Now after the death of Moses, the servant of the Lord, it came to pass that the Lord spake unto Joshua the son of Nun, Moses. And he spake unto Joshua the son of Nun. He says this. Moses ministers saying, Moses, my servant is dead. I don't know that there has ever been a better leader than Moses. Of course, Jesus Christ, the greatest of all servants, but if you were to put a graph of the top leaders of all time, Moses has to be in the discussion of greatest leaders of all time. He took a ragtag group of slaves and led them under the power of God through the Red Sea, defeated the most powerful army of his day, and then for 40 years he navigates the circumstances and challenges ...that a million, two million, perhaps even three million people faced... ...as they were going on a journey to discover God's promises in their life. Moses was an amazing servant of God. But in verse number two... ...God reaffirms the stark reality that Joshua knows... ...and it's this, that Moses is dead. And his time and his service and his leadership... ...it's all finished... And it's time for a new generation to step into leadership. I cannot come to a place like this without being awestruck by the fact that God wants to raise you up as a leader. Oh, you have so many different stories from Tennessee and West Virginia and Kentucky and out West and California and Wyoming and even Las Vegas, Nevada. There's stories of God's grace in this room. But make no doubt about it, God desires to use you as a leader. He wants you to be a difference maker in this generation. And here's Joshua being confronted with a truth, a truth that says this Moses is dead. And now it's your turn to take the baton. I want to ask you this. What does God want you to do with your life? Oh, you might say, I'm I'm a business major. Great. How is God going to use you as a business major to advance his kingdom? You might say, I want to start my own business. Great. How does God want to use you to advance his kingdom? You might be a graphic designer. And I, I think that perhaps God has more for your life... ...than being able to make six figures in an in a occupation someday. Now I'm all for you making six figures. I want you to be wealthy. I want you to have many resources. But if the goal of our life is so that someday... ...we can drive a Mercedes Benz... ...or have a Harley or have a big house... ...and be able to go on lavish vacations... ...not that any of those things are wrong... ...but if that's our focus of life... ...then haven't we missed out on what our calling is? Because to me it seems awkward that Jesus would come and take nails in his hands... ...and a crown of thorns upon his brow... ...and have his back be beaten... ...and be leaving the throne room of heaven to be put into a manger... ...so that we could afford to get our nails done every few weeks. If you agree with me, say yes. So what I want to challenge you is this... That God wants you to lead. Not that there's wrong with any of those things. But God wants us to lead, to lead. And if we lead, it's going to start, number one, with service to our community. The Bible says this in Mark chapter 10, verse 44 and verse 45. And whosoever of you will be chiefest shall be servant of all. For even the Son of Man came not to be ministered unto, but to minister and to give his life as a ransom for many. God wants you to be a servant now. If you have ambitions to do great things for God, then I challenge you to be serving now. Where do I serve? Serve in your room. Don't be the slob in your room. Let me say it one more time. Don't be the slob in your room. Don't be the person that's just like, oh, I, this is just the way I am. I'm so crazy. i got to get my stuff together. No, be a person who serves your roommates. In your collegian. be a person who is serving. Well, I'm not an officer. Then serve. Wherever you can find a place to serve. Yesterday, I talked about being involved with Christian service. All of us should be involved in Christian service. You know, we call Sunday the Lord's Day. But Saturday is not your fill-in-the-blank-name day. You see, all days belong to the Lord. So where do you serve? Most of you would come from a church similar to mine. I see Sam down here. Sam, when he's in our church, if he's at church on Sunday morning, he's singing in choir, he's teaching fifth and sixth grade boys, he might be doing this, he might be doing this. One of the things about coming to a place like this is the apparent need for service might not be as ready as your home church. Because when you're at your home church, people are like, hey, would you teach Sunday school? I just got back last night at midnight. Perfect, here's the curriculum. And when there's a choir special, they're like, hey, would you sing in the choir? And would you help out with the nursery? And would you be able to, why? Because you have a whole year of Christian college experience, you're ready to serve. But the apparent need for ministry might not be as evident here, but in your life, you need to serve. You need to go into the community, When I was a freshman, I didn't know what I wanted to do. And a guy named Brian Ethington said, why don't you come with me? And we went for a whole semester. We went to a graveyard that had gotten overrun. And there were weeds and debris and trash. And we went to this local graveyard. And every Saturday, a group of about 12 or 15 of us guys, we weeded it out. We took uh, shovels and rakes and we cleaned out the place. And then some of the neighborhood people were wondering what's going on over here. We started a Bible club there because the kids started coming out and helping us weed and rake and blow leaves. It was awesome because service always brings opportunity. And I don't know if you're a speaker. I don't know if you're a person who likes to work with kids. I don't know what your skill set is. My point is this. You have to serve. How does Joshua get the wonderful opportunity to give his life in service as the leader? ...for the children of Israel. Can you imagine him sitting there waiting for Moses... ...as he's 40 days and 40 nights at the top of the mountain? He carried Moses' bags... ...and took care of his rod... ...whenever he was doing other things. He was just a servant. Oh, God wants you to serve. He wants you to serve with grace. But I want to tell you this. We need you to serve your generation. Your generation needs Jesus... It's easy for me, and the older I get at 45 years old now, it's easy for me to look at this generation and to become afraid. I look at things like chat GPT, and I'm like, oh no, the Antichrist is upon us. AI, what's going to happen here? And as a, as a person who's growing older, there are, circu- I, I don't know what a snap or a TikTok is. I'm not hashtag trending on the gram. I don't know these things. To be honest with you, there's so much about the opportunities that are all around this world that you have as second nature. They're incumbent upon you. You grew up with them. The other day, I was was talking to somebody and I had written out a whole note like this, because I use paper and pen, so old. And so I had written out a whole note like this, and I said to a guy who's in his 20s, I said, hey, uh, why don't you take this and go write it down and then uh, bring it back to me when you're done. He said, okay, Pastor Matt. And he came over and he took his phone out, took a picture, here you go. And I remember thinking, that's really smart. (laughs) Because for him, I can take care of those notes and I can take care of those problems. I had spent five or ten minutes writing out a note like this and he... Click, done. Anything else you need, sir? Oh, you're awesome. You have a generation and you can speak to people in a way that I can't speak to people. You have peers that speak a different language. We don't even know what the words mean for crying out loud. We are lost. No cap. (laughs) When you talk about our drip, we're thinking about our coffee. We have no clue. What is going on? You guys speak in a different way. You guys look at life in a different way. You understand this world in a different way. And I'm just saying this. It is your generation. And God's called you to serve your generation. Would you lead your generation? Moses said to Joshua, excuse me. The Lord says to Joshua, Moses, my servant is dead. Oh, I look at this place and I'm in awe of what God has done for 50 years. But 50 years from now, and I don't want to speak for anybody else, but I doubt that anybody on this platform is going to be up here. I hope I'm not. (laughs) But some of you should be. Some of you should be over there taking care of whatever PCC care is. 50 years from now. 25 years from now, somebody should be taking, we'll go 50 years for Dr. Atkins over here. In this room, there could be the next president of Pensacola Christian College. In this room, there there should be the next president of Pensacola Christian College. And I'm just telling you this, that God wants you to serve your generation. Would you serve your generation? Look what the Bible says in verse 3. Every place that the sole of your feet tread upon that I have given unto you as I said unto Moses from the wilderness and this Lebanon even unto the great river, the great river Euphrates, all the land of the Hittites, unto the great sea toward the goring down of the sun shall be your coast. God wants you to serve your community but number two, I want you to understand this that God wants you to stand in conflict. In 2 Timothy chapter 2 and verse number 4 the Bible says no man that warreth." entangleth himself with the affairs of this life, that he may please him who hath called us, or hath chosen him to be a soldier. Remember this, that comfort is the enemy of change. I've been privileged for 24 years now to work with college students on almost a daily basis... And I love Pensacola Christian College... ...so don't don't take this wrong... ...but one of the things that I struggle with... ...when I talk with students from Pensacola Christian College... ...students like you and students like me... ...who when I was in school... ...I heard a statement similar to this many times... ...what do you want to do? Oh I want to... ...and they would talk about whatever their occupation is going to be... ...and I've heard this statement multiple times... ...you know I don't want to be rich... I don't want to be poor. And then I've heard this phrase so many times from college students. I just want to be, and they use the word, comfortable. Now, I get that. I, I know that each of us, it's nice to have a few bucks, so that if we want to go buy uh, Culver's and get one of those beautiful butter burgers, it's not going to wreck us, right? I know what that's like. But I'm afraid that in our culture... And in our time where God's called us to be soldiers and to war and to fight the good fight of faith and to take up the mantle of service, I'm afraid that many of us balk from that responsibility because it makes us uncomfortable. And mark my words, if God's going to use you to challenge and change your generation and bring glory to the name of Jesus Christ, it's going to be uncomfortable. There's gonna be things that just don't make sense. There are things that are gonna be hard. There's gonna be um, times when you're not getting the mental health days that you deserve. You might have to work more than your 40 hour a week space and somebody's not gonna be cognizant of your mental well-being because working for Jesus as a soldier, it's hard. It's hard to get up and say, we're gonna go take down Jericho. What's the battle plan? shut up and walk what are we doing on Tuesday shut up and walk and for a week to just walk around the walls of a building that's weird to be the person who stands up and says this is the battle plan well that's the lousiest plan I've ever heard Moses would have probably used his rod to do something but you're not using the rod what are you using you're just going to walk around a wall yes And then what? And then we're going to wipe them out. You're going to stand in conflict. There'll be times when other Christians will look at your life... ...and they will jeer and mock your stand for Christ. There'll be times when your peers who don't know Christ... ...will look at you as the most strange duck in the world... ...and there'll be times when the enemy will actively fight against you... I want you to know serving the Lord is the greatest life ever. But sometimes it's hard. And sometimes you have to stand in conflict. In one of the hardest days of my life, it was at the end of May in 2020. And a group of pastors in the city of Las Vegas and I, there was about seven of us, gathered together in City Hall to present to our governor a plan to reopen churches throughout the state. We believed that we were going to have assurances to be able to open churches up. The Targets had been open, the Walmarts were going to be open, and in the next week, Caesars Palace, the Mirage, the MGM, and all of the casinos in the city of Las Vegas would be open at 50%. And we presented an opportunity to be uh, open as well. So we presented and we had pretty strong assurances that the churches would be open and allowed to open up under the guise of uh, these COVID restrictions up to 50%. Those expectations were dashed. And there were two rooms of thought. Actually, there was three. There was one room of thought that said, um, we're just going to do whatever the government tells us to do. The second room of thought was, we're going to uh, go and tell them, it doesn't matter what you say, we're going to open up anyway. And then there was a third room of thought, which I was in, and that room of thought was, We don't have to go and spread our business around to everybody. Just like Daniel when he heard that there was a proclamation that he wasn't going to pray. He didn't sign a petition and say, down with the king. He didn't do that. He just went back to his place, opened up the curtains and prayed three times a day. And so that was our posture. On May 31st, whenever all of the other places were about to open, a group of pastors said, okay, we're going to have services that day. And one of the most ardent and vocal people... ...had gone all the way to the Attorney General's office... ...and said, we're not going to open. Excuse me, we're going to open. We're going to open. doesn't matter what you say. And we had just kind of remained quiet... ...but we had planned to have services. At 5 o'clock in the morning, the day of the services... ...getting started... ...he called me up and he says... ...hey, I just got a phone call from the Attorney General's office. I said, what'd he say? He said, if you have services... We might fine you or even arrest the people that show up that day. And so we've made a decision. This was at 5 o'clock in the morning. We've made a decision that we are not going to have services. I said, okay. He said, I want you to know. I told him that if they came after us, they would have to go after Matt Tice over at Liberty Baptist Church. Because you're having services today. And I said to my friend, I called him by name. I said, why did you say that? I just thought they should know. Thank you. Our services were supposed to start in three hours. And that morning at five o'clock, I got that phone call... ...and I remember, walking over, I remember walking over to where Ashlyn's room was... ...and looking at her peacefully sleeping... ...and Bethany and Charlotte and Luke. And I remember thinking, what if I go to jail tonight? And it seems trite and trivial four years later... ...but it was a very real concern that morning... And I got emotional I remember saying before the Lord, Lord, these are your kids. This is your church. We're doing what you want us to do. We believe. And I went and said to my wife, this is what's happening. And I I told her, this is who you call. And this is the lawyer that you need to talk to. If if something happens today, I just want you to be prepared. And she said, this is what God wants us to do. You can be strong and have a good courage. (sighs) What a wonderful thing. You say, what happened? Nothing. No one showed up. No one came and barred our doors, chained us up. It was, a, it was a whole lot of saber rattling. But I remember on that morning thinking, would I be willing to go to jail for the cause of Jesus Christ? It's scary when you're in that position. And some of you will face those same things. Look at what verse 5 says. There shall not any man be able to stand before thee all the days of thy life. As I was with Moses, so shall I be with thee. I will not fail nor forsake thee. Oh my goodness. Just like I was with Moses, I will be with you. Listen college student, somebody led you to Christ. There's a a noble person in your life that say that's the measure of who Jesus is. And I gotta tell you, as God took care of that person, And as God is taking care of the people on this stage, and as God has worked and provided in the past, the same God that was with David on a battlefield, the same God that was with Joshua before Jericho, the same God that walked with Elijah up up Mount Carmel, the same God that walked into the lion's den with Daniel, is the same God that will go with you into EN 102. And he'll help you through history of Civ. And he'll navigate this college experience. And if you will be strong and courageous, you can see the mighty hand of God. Oh, serve your community. Stand in conflict. And look at what verse number six says. Be strong and of a good courage, for unto this people thou shalt defide an inheritance. Look at verse number seven. Only be thou strong and courageous. This book of the law shall not depart out of thy mouth, but thou shalt meditate therein day and night, that thou mayest observe to keep all that is written therein. For then shalt thou make thy way prosperous, and then shalt thou have good success. Have not I commanded thee? Be strong and of a good courage. Be not afraid, neither be thou dismayed, for the Lord thy God is with thee whithersoever thou goest. I'm here to tell you today that God Almighty, Jesus Christ, our Savior, the great God who built this wonderful college has given you the opportunity to know him. He will walk with you. He will stand with you and he will be your guide. And when you're in conflict, he will be right there beside you and he will lift you up if you will be humble before him. Would you make a change in your generation? Would you stand with courage? Would you lead with boldness? Would you serve your community? Would you determine to be the leader that God's called you to be? He wants to use every one of your lives. He knows your story. He knows your history. He knows the plans that he has for you. Thoughts of good and not of evil to bring you to an expected end. Would you determine, in this semester, I'll be pure because I want the power of God to work through me. And would you learn to lead?
0: You've been listening to a message from Pensacola Christian College Chapel. You're welcome to pass this sermon along to others. Please don't charge for it or alter it without written permission from Pensacola Christian College. For additional information about PCC, visit us online at pcci.edu. Pensacola Christian College, empowering Christian leaders to influence the world for Christ.